Welcome to the Modern Miss Mason podcast. My name is Leah Bowden, longtime student of Charlotte Mason's work and practitioner of her methods. I'd love to help you find the fun and the freedom in her philosophy. So today I get to introduce you to my wonderful friend, Hilda Manriquez. Hilda is married to Marco. They have five children and they live in North Carolina. She is a veteran Charlotte Mason homeschool mama. In fact, just this week, she sent me a picture of her copy of Charlotte Mason's volume six of philosophy of education. And um, to say it was falling apart at the seams was an understatement. Um, She is well read and well versed and so wise in her approach to educating her children, but not just that, but living it out herself in her own life. um, Her homeschool has uh, now completed its season. Her children are older and grown, um, but she continues to be a student of Charlotte Mason and to live her life um, yeah, as a, as a rich learner, as somebody who is, is hungry to dig for knowledge continuously. Now, any of you who know Hilda and are listening in will know that I could have got her on here speaking about many different topics. And I'm sure like so many of my guests so far, we will have her back uh, to talk about many of the things. But today I asked her to come on and speak to us about history and Hilda is just an amazing curator of books. She has a whole library in her home. So I knew she would help us in that way. But also her family took their study of history a little bit further than many of us may have done um, in our homeschool. So stay tuned, listen in, because this conversation takes many interesting twists and turns. I must tell you, Hilda and I met, as with many other of my guests, through Instagram, through connecting through nature and living books. And for many years, we had some conversations with other groups of of mums just around birds we were seeing in our garden or plants that were growing and things that were interesting around us. And then the first time I got to meet her in real life was 2017. Um, at the first Wild and Free conference that I got to speak at. You've heard me talk about that conference before, but I, I will never forget the moment of just connecting with this wonderful lady online and then um, seeing her across the room because I knew it was her. You've seen the pictures. And I, I have to tell you, I burst into tears. <laughs> I grabbed her, hugged her and burst into tears. And one of our precious friends took a photograph. That photograph has never been shared. I haven't shown anybody, but it's very precious to me. This, my first meeting with my beautiful friend, Hilda. So it is such an honour for me to to be able to introduce her to you. And I love introducing you guys to my friends, but not just because they're my friends, not because I want to get them on the podcast because it's easy to do, but because they are wise, knowledgeable, kind and considerate homeschool mamas who I know that you would love just as much as me and you can learn so much from them. From Home Education by Charlotte Mason. 
the early history of a nation is better fitted than its later records for the study of children because the story moves on a few broad simple lines while statementship so far as it exists is no more than the efforts of a resourceful mind to cope with circumstances in the early years while there are no examinations ahead and the children may yet go leisurely let them get the spirit of history into them by reading at least one old chronicle written by a man who saw and knew something of what he wrote about and did not get it second hand these old books are easier and pleasanter reading than most modern works on history because writers know little of the dignity of history they purl along pleasantly as a forest brook tell you all about it stir your heart with the story of a great event amuse you with pageants and shows make you intimate with the great people and friendly with the lowly they are just the right thing for the children whose eager souls want to get at the living people behind the words of the history book caring nothing at all about progress or statutes or about anything but the persons for whose action history is to the child's mind no more than a convenient state a child who has been carried through a single old chronicler in this way has a better foundation than if he knew all the dates and names and facts that ever were crammed for examination So Hilda, I'd love to know um, a little bit of background on how you were first introduced to Charlotte Mason. How did she um, how did she enter into the conversation of your life? Well, through my best friend, who we had children very close in age, and we were both considering homeschooling. And she was she had a wonderful mentor in her neighborhood, and introduced her to the Charlotte Mason philosophy and therefore she introduced me <laughs> and she just started talking oh, I, love that. <laughs> I, di- I didn't really you know know much but I trusted her and she was speaking about living books and nature yeah and um it, but really the living books is what caught me the the idea of living books took hold in my heart and my mind and off I went. And someone handed her the um, five in a row curriculum also. And that that was like, okay, yes, this is how you can learn how to use a living book to do all your classes instead of having to use textbooks, which have just, you know, thoughts and facts and not the whole content, you know, the whole, you know, the whole yeah, spiel. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you are... And we were you already home well, educating, um, so you started anyway. No, the the boys were in public school at that time, but Amelia was around okay. three, and she was already. You know, we were already looking at picture books and reading, and I I was thinking about what to do with her. Now I had um, been an assistant teacher in preschool in a preschool before I got married. So I loved the, the, I thought I knew a lot about play and how wonderful that was. Yeah. 
which I did, but I didn't know as much as I thought I did. Um, and (laughs) so I could tell it was time for her to start some, something more formal or that, that she would be ready to learn her ABCs or what have you. So I started thinking about what to do and I, you know, God laid it on my heart to homeschool. And so we did. And so your friend introduced you to Charlotte Mason. Do you remember what you read first or do you yes. add in for your own research? Did you kind of start to, because you are quite a bit of a research, well, you're a, you're a, 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 a big, big reader. reader, a voracious yes. reader. Now, what worked well about <laughs> yes. a relationship and still does is that she has the, the more technological, more technical mind and I have the more feeling mine so she does the deep 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 dive research then she presents it to me and I get yes she she narrates narrates it to you exactly and then (laughs) I grab onto the heart of the thing and we just we just feed each other you know we just feed each other so (laughs) yes that's a good partnership you know she said here this is the book you need it was for the children's sake and then we got the wholehearted yes. child because we were going to mom heart conferences together. And um, also okay. the Charlotte Mason companion. So those were the three yep. big ones. Um, and really I didn't need anything else. I just took it all and ran. <laughs> and what were the volumes um readily actually, available I'm trying yeah, to think when actually they, were. they were for me because yeah. God orchestrated that I went to a mom's okay. homeschool mom's meeting with our little homeschool group and there was a free box and there and all their glory were the first were the pink five the six volumes yes in the really? free box I I didn't know wow yes, ma'am, have you still got those they're tied up with rubber bands now because they're so worn but I had just (laughs) heard her name and I saw them and I'm like oh these look like something good to read and I picked them up having no idea what they would mean for my home and our family and our life so oh that's amazing and I just I'm trying to fathom why someone would give them away yeah like what why would you there not were, keep them forever? I don't know. They're sort of hefty reads. <laughs> yes, I, I guess. Okay, so I'm assuming it's somebody who didn't want to follow yes. suit, maybe. Maybe they've been given them or maybe they bought them yes. on a whim and, and then just and this not, was, not you've followed got to remember, through. Yes. This was just a few years after they were in print. So yes, they, they weren't right. as much yeah. of the the rarity as they are now I don't think yeah no so you began your Charlotte Mason adventure and the the thing we particularly want to talk about today with you I mean Hilda um, just for the listeners to know Hilda and I were discussing what I would get her to talk about on the what our conversation <laughs> would be around on the podcast now we could go in many directions <laughs> with Hilda and she may have to be a returning guest. So, and also listeners need to know, I think she might be the, the, the biggest fan. Um, not because just because she listens, but she gives me <laughs> feedback on the, uh, I love it. You, you, she calls and 
leaves messages and tells me why she enjoyed the podcast. So anyone is free to do that if you want to follow. So, so Hilda is um, an avid naturalist. She could go down that route. She is an expert on living books. But what I particularly wanted to speak to about today was this, um, the whole area of history. Um, not only because of her her knowledge of living books, the way she used those, but some other interesting parts of their life as well. So can you can you kind of introduce us into your approach to history with your children, what that looked like? Yes. Um, I mean, it was very simple because, like I said, I would grab hold of the heart of an idea. And you know yes. how Charlotte feels about ideas. <laughs> the heart of an idea (laughs) and I would just step forth in blind faith that everything would be okay and it was yeah (laughs) so um yeah (laughs) when we first started I knew I don't even remember what source I got that idea from was to do history chronologically so we start yes, that's what she suggests um, yeah. you know old testament history and what were the ancient yeah. Greeks doing and the ancient romans and these were you know this was probably fast forward you know uh, amelia my oldest homeschooler then was probably six or seven you know when we really started getting yeah. in this stuff and so we wanted to know I say we because I was learning along with them. We wanted to know not so much. Yeah, absolutely. I never worried much about dates or tried not to or, you know, political things. But how did the people live in that time period? Yes. Like I Because I'm thinking right. they're little children. They're going to want to know how somebody, what was it like to live in ancient Greece? What was it like to live in ancient right. Egypt? So we just... I just looked high and low to find books and picture books that would share that. And um, we were finding out how people lived, what they wore, what they ate, you know, what their atmosphere might have been like. And as we were going through, you know, world history from the beginning, you know, we live in the southern United States with a very, very rich Eastern United States, very rich United States history. And at the the timeline that I was using, we wouldn't get to USA history or American history or state history until they were teenagers. (laughs) As as much as I wanted to delve in and take our time. So I began looking for ways to, learn about American history without pulling out just so many books, doing it differently. And um, we did read American history biographies. We found a lot, so many, through some of the series that I had discovered, the um, Childhood of Famous Americans, of course, the Landmark series and the signature biographies and you know things like that so so we would throw in American biographies in with our historical biographies but then we wanted to learn 
about American history in a hands-on fun way. And that led us into the, the hobby of living history. So tell us about this, because this is fascinating. Now, living history, I mean, history within the Charlotte Mason philosophy is living, obviously. Um, and, and I think taking it off the page into a child's imagination through their narrations. I mean, it's just incredible to be able to um, dig for knowledge yourself into the, into the past. I think it's fascinating. But here in England, obviously, a big thing for us is that we can go to castles and Roman sites and settlements and we can go to, um, you know, uh, Windsor Castle and we can go on the Roman roads. It's just, it's amazing. And that for me, in a lot of Charlotte Mason educators here in the UK, we, it's important that we do that as well. And that's what I would, you know, for, for me, that's always been the, the living aspect of that. And sometimes when you go to a castle, they may have an event on where people are so so i remember going to um warwick castle once and there was a whole reenactment going on and it was the most incredible immersive experience now over to you because that is really what you you and your family got exactly. into didn't you? yes and i'm just yeah i'm just grinning from ear to ear imagining being able to do that <laughs> what you're <Yeah>. describing <laughs> it was it was inc- I know and and I and I, I am so conscious of not taking that for granted like my where my parents live they live uh, at the end of their garden there's a park similar to where, like where I live but in their park there's some oh. castle ruins oh, right my there <laughs> so it's you know we've got it all around us um and you know I think wherever you live in the world you have to um as well as learning about world history it's important to learn about the history of where you live um and I think what you you and your family and what you're about to tell us um really brought that to life for so many people so tell us how you got into it and then give us a little idea of what that looks like what you're saying about learning about where you are is a lot about like the charlotte mason geography you start learning your yard your neighborhood you spread out from where you are that's right so i wanted my children to yes. to to have an understanding of the history of their place where god put us down in this world so yeah. and um we had a little uh, homeschoolers unfolding history was the name of a homeschool um history co-op that met at our local library and um so we did some fun things there and we had gone to a couple of field trips at some of the state historic sites and we saw people dressed out in historical clothing and 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 the wheels in my head just started turning like that's something we were always looking for something we could do together as a whole family even at church, yeah. you know, something we could do together as a whole family to learn and live together. So I just yeah. went up and talked to strangers and I, I found <laughs> I was the only homeschooler in our town and I found a database of homeschoolers in our county and there was one other name that was our town. I, I called the stranger okay. and I said, can you come wow. to my house or can I come to your house? 
like I need to get to know you because you're the only other homeschooler in our town and we became we're still (laughs) friends we became very fast friends she lived out we call it out in the country she had a small home but she had acres of land for the children to explore and animals and stuff and I lived in town I had the big house and the tiny little space so we would come to each other's home to experience the different atmospheres (laughs) we we would go on nature walks and at her house and um she'd come over here and we you know do sewing projects together but she had the same idea um she had you know she knew about charlotte mason and she was trying to do the same thing yes you of course she how was. wonderful <laughs> and so of course we both looked into living history we did research and about how to make our clothes and um just all the resources we could find, thank goodness for the internet, and um, just yes. talking to strangers <laughs> at, at local events. And so we decided we were going to go to our first event, and we, we worked for like two or three weeks just sewing and, and, and not really knowing what we were doing. And we drove to South Carolina in our Civil War dresses, and just walk right <laughs> onto the site where everything was going on. Little did we know you were supposed to register. You were supposed to be with the group. Oh, <laughs> but we had the most. We, you we rebels. Just, we crashed. We crashed an event. Yes, but we met some some very very interesting people, and just continued that hobby and learned more and more and more. But where most of the people in our hobby were more interested in the um, military aspect of the living history, we yes. yeah. we strive very hard to learn how they lived on you know in their homes as a civilian. And whenever we did portray anything, we portrayed civilians. So we wanted to know what they ate what they wore what their tools were what their homes were like and um I mean we just had the most fun so Amelia learned to sew she was sewing her own historical clothing and we strove to be as accurate as possible you know this wasn't costumes because costumes didn't teach us anything we wanted to learn how they really did it and um, wow. what always struck us as funny, when we were learning a new thing, it would just not make any sense in our mind about why did they do this or why did they wear this? And But once we put it yeah. on and once we tried it, we were like, they were so smart. This makes so much sense. <laughs> so can you give an, well, an example just, of that? Um, the 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 fibers of clothing when we first got into it we did okay. not want to wear wool well and our you know charlotte talks a lot about and i love her so much for it. and i understand <laughs> it and my friends are like no i'm not gonna wear wool and i'm like i have a wool blanket for yeah. you would you like this wool blanket i have so much wool in my house it's, <laughs> it's not even funny so when we start learning about the the um 
qualities of natural fiber and why they wore a wool petticoat over their cotton petticoats. And then they hiked up the dress of their cotton work dress to expose their wool petticoat. It was because, because they were near to the fire, to the embers of the fire, and wool has yeah. uh, wool will not catch on fire. It will not catch on fire. Oh, so I use wool. Yes, clever. I use wool pot holders. And whenever I'm doing a demonstration, okay. I will stick the wool in the flames to show it just disintegrates. Yes. Wow. So it's just, it just blows my mind. So it's, then it's like wool became my friend. At first it was like, oh, wool is hot. Wool is itchy. Wool is this or that, you yeah. know. And now it's my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> you and Charlotte, absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mind you, there's nothing, nothing in the world that beats a good pair of wool socks. Oh, they're the most comforting yes. thing, aren't they? I do like it. I'm, I'm, it's, um, there are, I've always liked wool socks, but there are, yeah, other pieces of wool that I slowly grow me, mainly through talking to you, Hilda. <laughs> well, they had sheer wool for the summer, and that's something I have yet to try. But I believe okay. it's said to be more breathable and even more cool. And I've seen, I've, I've felt it. Another girl had a sheer wool dress in the heat of the summer. And, um, but I haven't, I never got to that point, but I believe it. I believe it. gone there. So, so was it mainly Civil War era reenactments or, or, or um, historic mainly sites you were doing? Mainly just because that is where we live. So we did, yes. um, okay. some of my friends have done 1700 era, but that's a whole new wardrobe. And I'm thinking about maybe doing that later on in life. But we, I did not get to that with my children, okay. you know. Um, yeah. But I did get to do a 1925 event, which was by far my favorite. Oh, and we did fun. some World War II. Um, they don't really have World War II events, but we went to a museum that was doing an event and to the Veterans Parade. And we made nineteen clothing from 1941 and 42 patterns of my grandmother's to wear oh, yeah wow. so we had some memorable That's... occasions even if we didn't do actual once we learned how to learn about an era just because we didn't have an event didn't stop us from making the clothes or eating the food or you know so so t and, and tell me about food the food so did you just um research recipes from around yes, that time and what um my friend who lived across the highway was is a much better cook than I ever will be so she did a lot of the research on the food and shared it with us um but I did find a night a 1700s cookbook from like colonial Williamsburg I think the museum printed wow. it and so some of those recipes we looked at and tried in our home just for fun. But she did things like, um, she helped us learn about during the war, they would have had shortages and not be because of the blockade. Yes. So the things that they tried That's to right. make out of what they had. So she introduced yes. me to sweet potato coffee. <laughs> so oh. that was one of the things I used to try to make coffee 
um, whenever they couldn't get it. It tastes. I've it never tasted heard wonderful. Of that. It had no caffeine whatsoever. <laughs> That doesn't sound appealing no, to me. It really it tasted wonderful, <laughs> but it was not coffee. It was more like sweet potato tea. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know the the rationing the um you know the recipe books over here from World War Two and the they were rationed on butter and sugar and eggs and it's it's incredible to see the creativity of of the baking exactly. and the cooking even when they didn't have much. And I, I found yeah. that quite interesting. Just that's that's what that. she yeah. did for us, was it's... to find out what they, and she shared it with our children. And it was, we had a whole meal one at one event at the, the local battlefield um, that everything we had was made from, because of shortages, like things they would have come up with. It was incredible. Wow. So, and, and, you know, obviously going back to the, the clothing, do you remember when I told you I'd seen Charlotte Mason's dress? Yes. Do you, have I ever told you that? I, I just, I was remembering well, your reaction. I think you were amazed touch that we were it, allowed yes. to touch it, which I know. So um, for the listeners um, in the Armit in Ambleside, where Charlotte Mason's archives, I've been visiting for years looking at books and notebooks and nature journals and old photographs. And this one particular lady was happened to be on staff that day, one of a couple of years ago. And she said, um, oh, I've got a box here for you to look at. I don't think you've opened this one before. There were, there were a, a group of us up there. And out she pulls this black dress that I've seen oh, in photographs with her on very long and high necked and a little bit of lace at was the it top. Silk? and she laid it um was it silk it was very heavy very very heavy I don't even see you would have been asking all these questions and she laid it out on the table and um we did we were very careful nobody picked it up anything like that but um, it was a very strange experience. I don't remember. Very Were strange. you able to take photos? I... Yes, I have got a picture of yes. it. I'll send it to you again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, I'll send you that photograph. But it was just an unusual experience because one, it was unexpected. We, we were there to, to look at the archives and read PNEU articles and whatever else. Um, and then suddenly she surprised us with this, with this dress. And there was... Um, I can't, there were some accessories with it as well. And uh, it's always quite moving, I think. See, history is very moving. And I guess that's what Charlotte wanted for children because she wanted them to not, uh, you know, she didn't want them to hear lists of dates and facts. She wanted them to connect with exactly. the person. And really, in a way, that's what that's what we're doing all the time, aren't we, with Charlotte Mason? We are, you know, it's when you feel like you're getting to know someone from history, um, that whole idea of digging for knowledge and it becoming part of your story and part of your narrative, it's such a wonderful thing. And to take children chronologically through the history of time, and, and I know she was quite big on um, children learning history from other countries so that they didn't yeah. become small-minded and inward-looking. Um, it opens up a whole world and it, and I know for my children even doing things like timelines and book of centuries and it 
this idea of seeing where they are placed in history and then seeing all these incredible thinkers and people and places and situations that have gone before them is is incredible it it really is did you ever get into timelines book of centuries um did you have periods of time when you were doing well, that yes with your when we started so many years ago the 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 most common way to do one i think simply charlotte mason i don't know if she still does sonia had the printout like the printable i think it was even free where you okay. could make a binder yes yeah. i think it still is and we did that yes. for a few years you know um as a family and they would add things and then we tried the timeline on the wall for a while we had that up for a few years i just never you have to have a lot yeah, of yeah we got a big house yeah <laughs> it, it's just it just went on yeah. like in layers and and it was really fun um but I, I wasn't very good at sticking with something <laughs> because a new a new idea, <laughs> a new way would come to me. And I was like, oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. But I feel yeah. like um, even through all of my stumblings, my children did end up with a an idea of the span of history, of how, how history Absolutely. flowed. Because we studied it um, chronologically and then we found this book. I don't even remember where I first found it, but it's called the time tables of history, I think, or the time chart of history. And it's this ginormous, like 11 by 17 book that unfolds. And there's an accordion of this huge timeline that has everything in history. I think my particular copy stops with, like in the 1980s. So we would lay that out in the hallway at least once a week and just whatever we were reading about, just go see it. So they could see the lineal linear, you know, flow of history and we would look for people and, you know, so that, that helped a lot, but now as an adult, since, um, since in the last few years, more information and more deep diving on what Charlotte Mason, you know, intended for the time chart to be, for it to be something personal, you know, and for, for each person to have their own, I have decided to start my own and I have put a few things in there, even though I was very, very nervous to do it in ink, I did it. Well done. You have to get over that yes, perfectionism, yes. don't you? <laughs> Just yes. get and on so with I it. have yes. enjoyed it so much. So I'm hoping that, you know, I will continue learning the rest of my life and hopefully I will have a full time line, time chart one day. I I can't wait to see that. Now I have had the pleasure of visiting a bookshop quite a few times with you, Hilda, on my trips to the States. And I have, um, you know, nearly kind of had to pay extra baggage costs (laughs) in my suitcases due to various recommendations. In fact, we have just finished um, The Cry Cry of the Crow by... um, Jenny, oh, you, I'm just going to make a bit of noise on the podcast and, and jump up and pick it off my shelf. Jenny Craighead George, The mm-hmm. Cry of the Crow. 
Jean. You don't even. Jean do you know what I'm talking kid. about? George. Uh, sorry, yeah. Jean. I'm yeah. reading it on its side. Jean. What? Well, I, I don't George. know who and... I was like, I don't know Ginny. <laughs> I yeah, I was reading it on very yeah. small on the side. <laughs> and um yeah, we've just finished that one and we loved it. And that was one that you recommended last last autumn, I think, when I was there and you said, Get this one. Well, you just said, Get it. Whenever, Put it on your pile. <laughs> whenever I was first learning about, you know, what a living book was and trying to figure that out, um I would just open a book. So the the basic understanding I had of it back then is if it was more of a narrative and um, the, the, the writer would have a passion for the subject, whether it was fiction yes. or nonfiction, they would have a passion and an understanding of the subject and it would come through in their writing. So I would pick up a random yeah. book and a lot of times I'd go to the old book first <laughs> If I was looking on a yeah, shelf, go to yeah. the old ones first, but not always, but a lot of times I'd read the first page, open it up to a middle page, read a page and just see how I felt about it. See how, how the reading yes. was. And if it was, if it started out with a, a paragraph full of, you know, dates and places, most of the time I just put the book back on the shelf. <laughs> Yes. Back on the shelf. <laughs> yes, yeah. because um, yeah, I you know I'd rather have a book that I read and I, I get excited about something that happened and then I have to go find out when did this happen. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, yeah. Which is such a delight, yeah. isn't it? I, I also know from firsthand experience that you love thrift stores <laughs> and um, estate sales. I will never forget my first first ever estate sale in Nashville together. But you, the poem that you are, the poem that we're about to hear, beautifully read um, by Hilda, you have a story attached to that. Tell us a little bit of that because I know it has something to do with the thrift store. It has right? a little to do with the thrift store because um, we live in a small town and for years we we chose this house. We had, you know, five children and we needed a bigger house and we found this great big old rambling house and but our my heart's desire or so i thought was to have a place <laughs> in the a, a place in the woods where my children could roam free and build forts and just you know be wild and free before wild and free was a term you know like that was what <laughs> yes. i wanted yeah, to yeah. be able to have and what i wanted to have for me you know, just that privacy and that place to explore and just to be free, you know, land and trees. I always say land and trees yes. and a stream is what I tell Marco all the time. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> we found this great big old house on a corner lot and, you know, we decided, well, we need to be content with a house that's big enough for us since we can't find a big house and land. So... Yeah for years I struggled with contentment of where I was of, of contentment in the place that I was because I was thinking I want the trees. <laughs> and so yeah. a few years ago I was thrift shopping and I try to collect embroidery samples of embroidery that have been cast away. I feel like they've been cast away. Someone has, worked hard on these it is their handicraft it is the work of their hands and it has been cast away and I want to give it a home you know so I found this this yeah. 
one um, stained but wonderfully worked piece of needlework, and it had the the bit of the poem that says, let me live in a house by the side of the road and be a friend to man. And I have it right by my oh. front door. <laughs> yeah. I love so that. It's just, it's just that concept of I am here, make the most of it, make this your place, make this your community, do what God would want you to do here. The House by the Side of the Road by Sam Walter Foss There are hermit souls that live withdrawn in the place of their self-content. There are souls like stars that dwell apart in a fellowless firmament. There are pioneer souls that blaze their paths where highways never ran. But let me live by the side of the road and be a friend to man. Let me live in a house by the side of the road where the race of men go by, the men who are good and the men who are bad, as good and as bad as I. I would not sit in the scorner's seat or hurl the cynic's ban. Let me live in a house by the side of the road and be a friend to man. I see from my house by the side of the road, by the side of the highway of life, the men who press with the ardor of hope the men who are faint with strife. But I turn not away from their smiles nor their tears, both parts of an infinite plan. Let me live in a house by the side of the road and be a friend to man. I know there are brook-gladdened meadows ahead and mountains of wearisome height, that the road passes on through the long afternoon and stretches away to the night. But still I rejoice when the travelers rejoice and weep with the strangers that moan, nor live in my house by the side of the road like a man who dwells alone. Let me live in my house by the side of the road. It's here the race of men go by. They are good, they are bad, they are weak, they are strong, wise, foolish, so am I. Then why should I sit in the scorner's seat or hurl the cynic's ban? Let me live in my house by the side of the road and be a friend to man. Friends, before we leave, I just want to say a huge thank you to everybody who has been sharing and singing the praises of the Modern Miss Mason podcast on Instagram and Facebook and stories. I'm just loving seeing how much you're enjoying them and how much they are helping you. Thank you also to everybody who has tapped on the five stars on the podcast platform and also left a review. And as you know, by now, the reviews aren't really for me. They are for any other home educator who is looking for quality and peaceful input into their Charlotte Mason journey. So um, if you have a moment today, I would love it if you could just pop onto the podcast platform tap those five stars and just a few words about how this podcast is helping you at the moment. 
If you want to know more about the Charlotte Mason philosophy, one of the things you could do is sign up for my Charlotte Mason Unboxed course. Uh, you just need to tap on the details of in the podcast app of this episode and there is a link tree to everywhere I am across the internet and there is a specific link on there that's a Charlotte Mason unbox. So head over there today, have a look. You can scroll before you enroll, have a really good look at the content of the course um, before you commit to signing up to that. But I'd love to see you over there. you for listening to the modern miss mason podcast if you loved it share it with a friend and you can leave us a great review and of course we'll be back here next week before then you can find me on facebook or instagram on modern miss mason or you can go over to my website on modernmissmason.com.